With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Audio Frontier. Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is Wrestling Death and is scheduled for one hour. Maybe more. It has no real-time limits making their way into your ears. First... From a place called Garniston, he is the Pyramid, Red Florence. It's going to be the funniest show ever because I'm all about the comedy and the money, money. baby. How much you gonna pay? And his partner, Fader Top Stevenson. From Mexico City to Beef Community Centre, I've got stories that are going to blow your mind. <laughs> Hello and welcome to your favourite wrestling podcast, Wrestling Daft. My name is Rab Florence and as ever beside me it is... How you doing mate, it's Gredo. You sent it. It's Gredo himself. Gredo, how's your week been? Aye mate, really, really good. Um, Any news? No, no yet. <laughs> no yet? Are you <laughs> no, no have I got any news? Right, have I got any news for you? I was on that Jim Carnet podcast again. <laughs> right, tell me what happened there. Did Jim Carnet redo it this email? Aye, mate, I'm affronted. Right, tell me, tell me. I'm affronted. Can see if that was somebody else? I'd be like that in the group chats with other other wrestlers going, check that stuff. They sending an email with Jim Carnet, man. I've done this. I do pantomimes. I do radio. <laughs> did Jim Carnet redo it the word pantomime? He did actually. I think he knew what it meant. He basically says it's good to. I don't. I don't know if you've got audio. I don't want to hear it back anyway. I, I can get. I've got. I've nah. Do I hear no, it? Do I hear it, man? He Jim Carnet's voice on this show. It's because he was gone like that. It really got to me last week when he was giving it. You know these things don't last. These Aye. gimmicks and all that. And I'm just going, hi Jim, as an avid listener of your podcasts, um, I was driving along listening on the road to my radio, my radio station. <laughs> Can't even give it all that. Uh, as well as bumping into you in the UK, I was also waiting TNA and told a wee story or two and all that. But by the way, he major he, he did put me over. It was he nice did. words. He was going, I like this guy. And Jim Carlin never ever does that. But it's just the fact that he was reading it. He's gone, um, and I'm going, I have been in two sitcoms. I have hosted a game show and I do pantomime. Yeah, rah, 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 rah. And I'm going, oh, no, man. And then uh, he's given it. Well, see, this is a happy ending. This is a happy ending because that guy's an entertainer and that's where he should be. And, you know, I'll never watch any wrestling matches, but, the, you know, that's where he should be rather than wrestling in front of folk, kids, something like that. And I'm kind of going, yeah, that wasn't the desired kind of... He was like, this is the go-home. He was like, this is a happy ending. He doesn't wrestle anymore. <laughs> that was a bad ending, wasn't it? It was. He was going, no, it has a good ending. He doesn't wrestle anymore. <laughs> Not once did I say I've stopped wrestling, but anyway... <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, for me, I've got any news really. I'm just uh, prepping for filming my sitcom that's coming a week in Monday. We get started on that. It's Can I ask you a question? Bit, uh, How yeah. many? Because I, I I got asked about my sitcom and they were asking about the COVID vaccine and stuff like that. And I've 
I don't know, can you get it quicker or is there a way to get a bit of it? You've had your first, didn't you? I've had my first, aye, but we're just getting tested. We're getting tested to next Friday we go in, get tested, and then we get tested something like three times a week. And then we kind of, we're not supposed to go and mix with anybody or anything like that. We've got to keep, keep it locked down, keep in our bubble, um, and hopefully everything will be all right. I will be working, of course, quite a lot over the next wee while doing that sitcom with uh, Jack Jester. Yep. Um, he will be he'll be working away on that as well. He's been getting the tan topped up. I've, he, I've been seeing him on the sunbeds, getting the tan topped up, getting ready for filming. Jester's funny, man. Jester's got today. There's a scene in it. Not to spoil it for anybody. There's a scene in it where Jester's character is a character called Darren in it, and he has to do one arm push ups in it. We're talking about Aye. watching Rocky and how nay normal people can do one arm push ups and he goes, I can do them and he gets done and he does one arm push ups, right? But Jack Jester told us at the read through he can't do one arm push ups. He can't do it. So I think he's been practicing, so it's gonna be interesting to see when we get there on set when all the cameras are rolling, if Jester can do the one arm push ups. <laughs> see, I thought you were going to turn around and say he's went, Aye man, they bother, I can do them. Well, then he's maybe contacted you later going, I can't do this. No, I mean, I warned him. I warned him about a year ago. I messaged him about a year ago and went, by the way, we're writing you in here doing one arm push-ups, so you better get training. So I'm thinking he's maybe done that thing where he's went, he's like, I'll start it next month, man. I'll start doing it. I'll start doing it. I'll, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'll do it a month before. I'll start Aye. doing it. Then realising it's actually only fucking Rocky and Apollo mm-hmm. Creed that can do these. It's, I mean? it's like fucking, sure, it's like that, that time I got asked to do that Burns poem and it's about three years long. And I was like, I'll do it. start it next week, start it next week, start it next week. And the next minute, I'm freaking. I've got a week to go, and I'm asking folk how long it took them, and they're giving it. Oh, it's taken me about two, two and a half years to, to learn it. <laughs> Wait a minute, did you have to do it for memory? Well, I don't really want to give this away, but oh mate, I ended up uh, buying. Uh, what did I buy? I bought a. What did I buy again, John? A teleprompter. A, a tele- <laughs> did you buy a teleprompter? What? You bought a an auto cue teleprompter. Auto cue, aye, aye. Because, mate, it literally, it's on YouTube, it's like 30 minutes long. Um, mate, it's just, it was, again, it was one of the ones like, oh, I'll read a wee bit and then I'll date next week and the next minute it's around the corner. But I think I, done, I think it was still all right. But I, I, I say, I, I, in the end, I never used the, the, the teleprompter. Aye, it's just knowing it's there is a good thing, you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? It's, it's a blankie. And yeah, just knowing it's there, it's just a confidence thing. But Rab, do you know what? This is good. I'm loving hearing that stuff's finally starting to open back up. You've got the vaccine, your sitcom's taking off. You've got this wee event coming up as well, which I retweeted yesterday. Thanks for that retweet, mate. Hey, anytime, bro. Thanks for the retweet. I'll retweet your stuff as well, right? Aye, right, mate. Except for the radio stuff. I don't want to say that. I don't want to that guy any clicks. What's his name again? Foxy or something. Foxy. Is it Foxy? Foxy? No, Crofty. 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 I'm not getting Crofty any clicks. So I, I need to... Me and Crofty, I think, I just there's just a bad vibe between us. Do you know really? what I mean? I feel that. Well, I, I think we get you on uh, my, my breakfast show and we, we bring it up. I'm sure that's good. You're ra- ra- on, your, on your radio show? <laughs> your radio station? On my radio station. I, <laughs> my radio station. <laughs> right, let's see what the punters have been, have been saying because no doubt they'll have been up to stuff. Uh, you know... In reference to last week's interview, right, Martin has raised the point that Grado, in this interview, he was talking to Kikitaro, the Japanese wrestler, and Grado sounded like a Scottish person talking to a waiter on holiday when he was talking to him. He says, <laughs> I read that and I totally agree with him. I had, wee, I had a wee listen to it, Grado myself. 
What did you is hear? that how you talk when you're abroad, like to people? You give uh, a wee bit of a shouting and the. I can't remember what was the things I was saying. I can't remember. And then you didn't make it to WrestleMania, then Kikitaro. <laughs> Wasn't it? And then obviously everyone loves you, Kikitaro. I can vouch for that. It was like all oh, that kind of part, wasn't it? Uh, you're really just kind of. I think it's fine. You're just making yourself understood. Exactly. Somebody said, trailer. somebody was on Twitter burying me going, uh, check Grado's Glasgow uni accent. Man, he doesn't, he's forgot his roots. <laughs> Chris has also referred to last week's show. He says, I love the story of Grado selling his pants for 130 quid. No, he wants to clarify though. Chris wants to know if this was before your well-storied anal issues. He's also interested to hear if you think uh, your current <laughs> your current pants having a bit of popped hemorrhoid, a walnut gusset, and the stench of chips, cheese, and donor farts would increase or decrease the price people are willing to pay. It depends. Well, first of all, I would say that I I first started getting piles in two thousand and eleven. Uh, in fact, no, two thousand nine. I tell a lie. Two thousand nine. I felt like I had I got um, had piles in Malia. That was the first time, but it. Uh, this was in 2012, and that was I didn't get diagnosed with other um, bowel issues until two four, 2014, self-diagnosed. Um, so, in terms of the question about would it increase more money if you know because my fucking dungy is absolutely well, it's seen better days on it, my dungy. I reckon it depends by the individual because there'll be some people out there that would pay extra for that. I've got a. Um... I've got a proposal for you. Why don't we stick a pair of your pants on eBay and an open auction and just see how much they would get? Well, I mean, I've got plenty of bricks here and they're all worn out and we can get a bash. What do you think? I think we, we should do that. EBay As, or if there's, we should have really have a wrestling daft eBay account anyway and we should stick we should stick them up on eBay, your pants for somebody to buy. You could even just give the money to charity as well. That's a good idea. I like I'll your thoughts. I like your thought of somebody out there being like, oh, you know, I got I got my heart operation and it's thanks to Grado selling his scans to a guy. You know, but I just think it would be a nice thing. I think it would be a good thing to do. Right, we'll get that, that sorted, mate. We can do that. We can Let's do that. Can you do that? Can the, boys, can the boys at the Wrestling Daft Towels sort that? Sort that out. Boys at Wrestling Daft Towels are going to sort that out. That's John. Uh, so, <laughs> Stevie is looking to pop Rab. That's me. He says, my big mate Ewan, Viscera. <laughs> must call him Viscera. Viscera. Obviously a big skinny guy. He says, my big mate Ewan and me were at the Orlando Arena watching wrestling superstars, Mr. Perfect versus Ric Flair. Perfect lost him, was turning heel. He was walking down the aisle right beside me, he says. So uh, Stevie shouted, fuck off, and boo, and he turned around and stared right at me. <laughs> or what felt like hours. He then gobbed right on me, and the spit was rolling right down his face. So Mr. Perfect spat right on Stevie's dish. I, honestly, that is just a dream for me. That, That's a great story. There'll be no greater honour than for me than Mr. Perfect's grogger dripping down my face. I would I would love that. After AEW, Sakura Shida ate two baby bells without realising he had to take the red wax off it, right? right. Tales of the Giant Stone Eater has suggested this as a potential new eating challenge for Grado. So Tales of the Giant Stone Eater wants you to eat a baby bell without taking the wax off. He's, you're not going to do that. He's not uh, doing that. Who's the Giant Stone Eater? This is just a name of a listener, Tales of the Giant Stone Eater. I mean, it's, it's great. Let's see if he's... 
The giant, not the tail of the giant, no. Does he want me to eat a, a baby bell? He wants you to eat a baby bell with a wax still on. No. What does he think this is? What no, do you think this is, is? Does he think this is fucking jackass? Listen, see, to be honest with you, I, I, it doesn't surprise me um, that people message stuff like this in for me. It's like, if you look at the the work that I've done in the last couple, I don't know if I should. Basically, first bus, uh, kind of made, I done an advert for first bus and it was like, you know, if Grado can drive a bus, Andy can drive a bus. Aye. The council wanted me to do a, who can we get to pick up rubbish? Who can we get, who can we get to, to spread the word to keep Glasgow green? And green, pick up your lard, pick up your rubbish. Um, so these requests, Disney's, oh, Grado eat a fucking baby bell. Aye. Grado's gone eat a, can you eat a baby bell? Grado Aye. can, Grado can eat 10 baby bells. Aye. I see it. So, do you get my coffee, John? I see what you're. I see what's happening here. What you're saying what is you're going to have to start. You, you're going to have to start saying naughty mail stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? So let's start anew. Let's start anew by you saying naughty uh, this fucking baby bell. Now nah, passing that mate, uh, giant stone eater. Why does nobody ask John to eat a baby bell with wax on it? I'll do it. I'll. I'll do John, no, we're not letting you do it. Oh, there, no. There, there we're no performing monkeys here. Uh, no, after John last week tried to make the claim that, <laughs> that a violin bow was made out of cat hair, Andrew sent us a wee picture of a bunch of sphinx cats and says, it turns out Nicola Benedetti has been busy this week getting a new bow made for a violin. I'm going to move off that uh, on a tangent by saying Jack Jester, who I spoke about earlier, has got a cat with no hair. It's got a sphinx cat, I'm pretty sure. Is it a sphinx? It's it's something sphinx like that. It's, aye. I mean, he thinks it's gorgeous, but oof. Oh, I think Ooh. it's a, I think it's a beautiful thing as well. Do you? No, John, you and me make the freak. I'm with, I'm with you. you can't, I, I, an animal with no hair. That's just weird, isn't it? I'd like to feel its nice weird skin. I would like. Oh, it. Oh, nice oh, oh. I bet you it's a lovely cat, but it doesn't. It gives me the heebie-jeebies if I'm being honest. Sir. No, I don't like it. I wonder if he jesters like that as well, or hairless under his clays, if he's all completely smooth. Hmm. I'll find out. I'll find out in a couple of weeks. Now, um, John O'Hare says, guys, I need to know, what the fuck is Charlotte Flair playing it? Have you seen her on Twitter lately? She's looking to get fired, man. She needs to wise up and start thinking herself. And can I get a wee shout-out, by the way? John O'Hare, here's a shout-out. John O'Hare. Right, John. Yeah. All right, John. John, how you doing? All right, John. What's happening, John? John, steaming again, John, aye? aye. You up to? You up to, John? You working yet, John? All that stuff. Right, No. Uh, yeah, you still, yeah, you still a virgin, John? Eh? You still a virgin, John? Eh? Um, I saw. Yeah, you out of jail, John? Yeah, John, <laughs> here out of jail now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You keep your nose clean now, John. Hey, uh, John, what are you doing? You, to- you went to the toilet about ten times here, John. What are you doing? What's that in your nose? You about a white in your nose here, John? So that's John here. Uh, no, listen. <laughs> I don't know what he's talking about with the Charlotte Flair thing. No, I mean. She, she posted a lovely picture the other day, but I didn't, didn't think anything of it. We should be in danger, and you're usually on the button with all that kind of... Listen, we don't follow Charlotte Flair on Twitter. Yeah, man. Well, here's, here's, a, here's a wee... Let me clue you into something about celebrities like me and Grado, right? We don't follow other celebrities, right? We don't really do that. If you see me and Grado following another celebrity, it's going to be somebody less famous than us. That's the Aye. only way we would do it. So, like, Grado follows uh, Stephen Pudden mm-hmm. on Twitter. <laughs> Stephen Pudden is significantly less famous than Gradle. Yeah. So that's so, why he feels comfortable doing that. You know what I mean? You're buying on the money, mate. 
Uh, now, before we get into Gredo singing, oh, for which, fucks. remember what I said about saying no, Gredo. Right. Luke Gleeson get in touch and says, I don't know if you guys have heard Hulk Hogan with Green Jelly and the song Hulkamaniac, but here it is. It's rotten. Let's hear it. Guess will be one empty seat when I wrestle at Wimbledon. I used to tear my shirt, but now you tore my heart. I remember last night. I knew you were a Hulkamaniac right from the very start. Right from the start, you were my friend. It's about a Hulk. It's about a Hulk Hogan fan that died. When Hulkster gets to heaven, we'll tag up again. Hulkster's not going to heaven, that's for sure. <laughs> the world is lost. Why no? You've seen it. Forgiven, though, if he, re- if he repents before you need to read up in your religion, mate. You, you... Uh, that's true. Sean Michael's fight. Like, let me explain. Yeah. This is why Jesus died for our sins, right? It's best when we get <laughs> repentance and we get forgiveness. Uh, so, uh, James Patrick Duffy says. <laughs> He knows it isn't a wrestling tune, but is there any chance of Grado singing No Mean City by Maggie Bell, the theme for Tiger? I don't know that. I'll oh, you must don't... know that. No, I don't. Well, no, 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 no. I, I thought it was an instrumental. Right, John, on you go. Well, I know the city like a lover. I don't know the rest of the words, but that's how it starts, isn't it? But there's no time. No, no, I need to get the lyrics up. Can I... Well, I mean, Can James I... Patrick Duffy, why don't you just contact the presenters a tag up daft and ask them to sing that? Because this is a wrestling show. This is a wrestling show, so please, people, stop disrespecting us. Me and Grado have some of the best wrestling knowledge in this country, and it's frankly demeaning asking us to sing the theme <laughs> for Taggart. Do you want me to sing the theme for the fucking, for fucking casualty? Do you want me to do that? That's, that's an instrumental show, is it not? That's an instrumental, sorry. Mm. By the way, I listened to Jim Johnson on a podcast, right? You know how I'm daft for all that. Aye. I mean, I'm halfway through, but it's a bit disappointing, right? Because oh. as I, ugh, I feel bad saying this. Not he's got here, but it was like the interview was gone. Can you remember the first wrestling song you made for someone? He's gone, nah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> stories. He's just looking like that. You know, what was what was the best song you ever made? That's true. They're all good. And if you want to get in touch with us about any of that or just random wrestling-related stuff, get us on Twitter at Wrestling Daft, on Insta at Wrestling Daft Podcast, just Wrestling Daft on Facebook, or email us at wrestlingdaft.gmail.com. Woo! Do you know how things are starting to open back up again? The pub's not open up. Aye. I, I want to, you see when I walk into the pub? Aye. I want to walk in there with some merch on, you know what I mean? I want people to look at me and go, no, that guy likes a podcast. Mate, if you forgot, man, we, we sell we sell t-shirts, wrestling daft t-shirts, mate. What do we sell? Tell me, what, what mate, do we sell? Listen, 
we sell the Marcus here with a pick of the wrestling daft belt. We've got wrestling's kid on. The immortal quote from Hulk Hogan. What does it go like again? Is it something like, uh, good night, Hulkamaniacs and jabroni marks without a life but don't notice a work when you work a work mark yourself into a shoot marks? Something like that. I think that's that, mate. Well, they've got that in a t-shirt too. Uh, remember the honky-tonk story? But I'm going to take a bump for you. Oh, I remember that was one of the funniest stories ever on Wrestling Daft. Can you, you tell me you can get that on a t-shirt? I'm telling you, mate, that's on a t-shirt. Not only that, you get chips, cheese, and donner meat, and ha, Margaret! Era fiend. <laughs> can you get one? Is there any t-shirts that say, oh, I'll take my chest? No? I think they're coming soon. Are they oh, coming soon? I hope so. I hope so. That'd be cracking. But listen, on the bus, there's not just that. There's booties. There's face masks. There's phone covers. There's trucker caps. There's bum bags. Hey, there's even aprons. You know where to get them, Rab? Uh, is it something like, hold on, is it something like shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash wrestling daft? Is it something like that? You're buying on, Rab. So check out our range at shop.spreadshirt.co.uk slash wrestling daft now, or you can check out the Facebook page or Twitter, and it's at... Wrestling Daft. Every week we separate the line of duties for the lines at the supermarkets as we take a look at the bad and the good of wrestling. Now, John wrote that intro there. Now that he says, "Look at the bad and good." No, the good and bad this time. So, are you saying line of duty is bad? No, sorry, I've mixed that. Oh, line he's trying to do something here. He's trying to get me in trouble with Martin mm. Compton here. He's trying to do something here. Now, me and Martin. I mean, we are we are both good Tims, right? We I don't want you, I don't want you trying to cause trouble. We've had a we've had a fucking rough enough year, right? So don't you be causing any trouble between us. Sorry about uh, uh, right. What are you burying and what are you putting out this week, Gredo? Oh, wait to no, don't. I just want to bury them flinging the tomatoes at the Miz and all that. I was watching that bit and a uh, new day. And what's his name? The boy that was uh, that let Bad Bunny steal his thunder. Damien Priest. Damien Priest, the boy that the boy that let uh, Bad Bunny make him look like a strob. Um, he was there with a new day, and they were flinging tomatoes at uh, the boy with a guitar, the kind of macho man looking guy with a guitar. Elias. Elias, and the other boy that nobody knows his name. Jackson Riker. Jackson Riker and uh, oh, and Mizzen and Mizzen yeah. Morrison, and they were throwing tomatoes at them, and. Like so, so Morrison was getting hit with a tomato and was like selling it like he'd been shot and all that. And I was thinking to myself, I I just can't. I'm no eight years old, so I can't engage with us at all. And then also, I just want to say, uh, Alexa Bliss was there. We just a wee bit more dark makeup around her eyes with that wee fucking doll. And um, I just it's in de- it's in a desperate state, mate. Um. Oh, burying God, it all. Uh, I'm burying it all. Uh, well, speaking of the Miz, I've, I'm about three quarters into his documentary on uh, Netflix, and I don't mind it, by the way. He's actually not too bad. I didn't think I'd like it. Um, I mean, hold on a minute here. Like, I've always said, like, the Miz deserves a massive amount of respect. This guy, well, this guy earned it, let me tell you. This guy earned it, this boy. He sure did. Um, I, I enjoyed that, and I also enjoyed the Steve Austin biography channel gimmick that was that came out uh the lost treasures wwe episode i wasn't too keen on nah, really the reason why i was watching it and getting mad should i message juice because aye, aye. they were gone uh you know cactus jack flannels go for between 400 and four grand cactus jack soaks original soaks because apparently it was the 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 the, the props guy that made the soaks back in the day but if 
Mick Foley drew the so-called then they're worth mega money and he does it a certain way. No, the night I won the title against Drew, he gave me his flannel and he gave me salt and I can't fucking fin I can't I can't fin the flannel, the salt. And I, I didn't think much of it until I watched this because Foley was basically saying, Look, I don't go through flannels. Like I, you know, I have them for like a good couple of years. And so this this is torturing my soul, mate. It's a rough one. I didn't like that show very much. I, I just wasn't angry. Did you watch it? I, I watched one episode. It was a bit too... You know, Pawn Stars, you can... You know, wait, I'll get my pal. He kens about fucking 1917 uh, wind-up clown dolls. Do you know what I mean? Like, as if they're just around the corner. Aye. I yeah, it's it was, a bit too... You know, come like on, but you know. Feel like a lot of shite, man. Feel like a walk to me. Aye. Um, feel like a walk, you know what I mean? Yeah, man. So, uh, let's see what the punters are saying. Giza Gobbledygooker wants to put on the Impact Rebellion show, another consistently good show for the Impact crew, with particular mentions for the X Division match opener and Omega Swan. Impact going about his business very well just now. I've still not watched Impact. I need to check it out. And he wants to bury that dick sending Mickey James or gear in a black bag, then getting fun with a load of stolen belts under his bed. You couldn't make it up. That's right. Mickey James gets sent or stuff him in a black bag, which was just... And listen, fucking fair play to Mickey James for putting that photo up. Mm. Because I think a lot of the other troops that have been released that, that happened to them and all, but a lot of them will be like, look, well, I'm not putting something on it because it might stop me from getting rehired. But like some Mickey James, who's fucking, she's done everything. She's who has an absolute diamond, by the way, a great, great person. Uh, I, I just, it was a, it was a weird one, that, wasn't it? Just within a couple of hours and then the boys, the boy get the fucking tin tack. It was bizarre, wasn't it? I mean, I don't believe for one second that they don't know that this happens. Like, I don't believe for one second they're like, well, all this time we've been sending people stuff home in a fucking bin bag. You know what I mean? I mean, at the same time, because I was not the shot, but I've gone, fuck, man, I sometimes turn up at shows with, with Tesco bags. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I know, but when you, I think just think when you, respect, when you let somebody go, you need to eat, just, it's a wee bit of decorum in it. But it's like, you know what it's like once you're, once you're out, they fucking just treat you like, you know, did you? They act like you, you remind them of a piece of trash. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> they act like. Now, Billy wants to put all WWE most wanted. Didn't they know I wanted WWE cross with porn stars until now? Uh, and he wants to bury Matt Riddle and Randy Orton. Get that so far to fuck. Listen, Randy Orton is almost like doing, doing a tour. You know, I feel like Randy Orton is doing a tour. You know, he's kind of gone. That's funny. Yeah, I feel like Randy Orton's walked into Vince's office, right? And he's went, right, Vince, who's rotten? <laughs> And Vince's went, well, the Fiend's rotten. Riddle's kind of rotten anew as well. Randy Orton's went, fucking stick me in a programme with these fucking rotten guys. Do you think I, he would have got teamed up with him if he hadn't made that gaff backstage? Do you think it was one of the, like, we need to get Orton in here to clear it, to steady the ship? It's almost like, I mean, I'm only kidding on about Riddle being rotten. I find Riddle quite entertaining, right? I'm, I'm kind of exaggerating. I'm exaggerating for comedy effect here, right? But I think I think there might be an element of this. I think Randy Orton's kind of gone. Stick me in some things that are a bit left of centre. I'm I'm in the mood. He's having a bit of fun. I'm in the mood for trying out some daft stuff with people. You know what I mean? And no, uh, listen, good things might come of this tag team. I, I would say to people keep your powder dry on slagging this one off because these two guys can go. Mm-hmm. So it might be interesting seeing these. And they're an, they're a total odd couple as well. So it could be interesting. Uh, Pablo wants to bury, how could you have a list of best wrestling gear and no mention Ravishing Rick Rude? Because, because, because of the painted tights, Nora, look, 
I don't know. It's because they tied into storylines. It's not like his painted gear tied into storylines in an effect. To an effect, right? It wasn't really. It wasn't really something you identify him we wearing as like this was his consistent look. So that's my defence to that. And Pablo wants to put Austin Johnson in the 1980s Hulk Hogan comeback at Ibrox. Keep that part of for football daft. We're not interested in that here. Dan wants to bury the constant can they coexist storylines. It's old. Get out of it. The mega powers exploding was a formula for it. It was perfectly nuanced at the time. The stories these days are telegraphed, he says. Surely there's a better way to get wrestlers into feuds than having them lose a tag team match. I agree with this. I agree with this very much. Now, uh, I actually think, in truth, there has to be a kind of... There has to be a freshening up of the kind of storylines that professional wrestling likes to use. You know what I mean? Because we do keep seeing all the same ones again. The can they coexist thing, the tag team splitting up, the, you know, the somebody disrespecting another one. You know what I mean? We can see a lot of the same stuff rehashed. There has to be some new takes on this. It's what is an example? Well, like even 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 for even for a kind of the most basic point of view is that thing the day on the run up to WrestleMania or something where they're always putting right these guys are going to be facing each other at WrestleMania. Let's see how they do in a match together as tag team partners. You know what I mean? You're kind of like we've fucking seen this, man. You know what I mean? I wonder if they done it like I'm just thinking like the most ridiculous stuff that folk, folk fought for folk, that people fought over in real life in wrestling. You know, like this guy's. Stole my ring gear. This guy's doing my move. This guy, you know, it starts off naturally like Aye. that. You know what I mean? Aye. This guy said this about me on Twitter, or you know. It always amazes me that things don't happen. Like I remember when um, I remember when Seth Rollins started using the pedigree, right? I remember thinking to myself, "I'd be brilliant if Triple H came out and went, no, fucking stop using the pedigree." Aye. Aye. You know what I mean? Because that would, you know, that's that happens everywhere. So but, but you know what I mean? You would be kind of like, oh man, I'm into this story because this is going to build up to these two guys being in the ring together trying to pedigree each other. It would be, you know, when then it, it wasn't that. And I kind of feel it's like, um, it's like another one is like, you know, I remember when uh, I wrestled for that company in America and you would, you, you would, a guy would use a move, maybe a, a low to mid card boy mm-hmm. or lassie, and then somebody would come over for WWE. Who done the move that this guy does, and it would be like, Well, you need to stop that now. So, ah, you're not doing that. Perfect way to go. So, mate, I've no to use this. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. Aye. No, I think, def- that's, I think that's really uh, intelligent what I've just said. That is really intelligent what you just said. Uh, but I just kind of, yeah, no, there has to be there has to be a new way of doing some of these things. It's, it is getting, it is getting tiring. And also, like, when was the last time we even saw. Like, you can't have these guys in the same building as each other. If these guys are in the same building as each other, they'll kill each other. When was the last time you saw it? They're always, like, walking out and having conversations with each other. I hate you, but I'll stand here and chat to you for a while. When was the last time you were like, don't let these guys... Mm-hmm. Like, you remember, like, Austin and Pillman and fucking the guns and in the houses and people screaming and all that? It's like, there was a time in wrestling where it was like, these guys can't coexist on the same planet, never mind the same tag team, and they don't do that anymore. Well, the best thing that I saw, I can remember in recent history was, I can't remember, who was it? It was Brock Lesnar and Cena, maybe? And they had the pull apart. The pull apart. remember that? And then, Aye. you know, they get pulled apart and then they were back again, bam, bam, bam. And I was, I'm watching it going, this is superb. But even with something like the pull apart, even with something like the pull apart, they, they will only date in one night. Yep. And they will date in one night. And then next week, 
they'll coexist again the week before they'll coexist but it'll be nice to see some kind of program or angle with somebody where it's like these guys hate each other like genuinely fucking hate each other mm-hmm. you know what I mean that kind of fire it's no there hey Kev wants to bury Rich Swan losing the Impact World title Kenny Omega is brilliant but I don't really understand the link up between Impact and AEW doesn't understand it Kev doesn't understand it Kev doesn't understand it no what I would say to that is um, the the guy who run, the guy who owns AEW what's his name again remind me Tony Khan Tony Khan sorry Tony Khan knows what he's doing Tony Khan's Tony Khan's brilliant he's brilliant Tony Khan, if you're out there, I just want to say I think you're doing a brilliant job um, and there's just something about you. I think I think if me and you would be really good pals. Uh, and uh, Kev wants to put over NXT, the whole roster, oh, bloody NXT, <laughs> the whole roster's putting on great shows and really enjoying Cameron Grimes and the Killian Dane, Drake Maverick tag team. Well, we love Killian Dane and Drake Maverick, right. sure. Jamie wants to bury Alistair Black looking like Dennis Nelson and he wants to put her RK what? bro as good as Raw Goat this week. Alistair Black obviously got a new gimmick back? coming. Alistair Black's promo video. Um, his wee, his wee thing, his wee, pro, his wee vignette, his wee promo video for him coming back was brilliant. Wow. With oh, animation and all that. Like you, mate. With animation, it was brilliant. Wow. Wow. John wants to bury the Raw, the whole show we need direction, and the poor builder Damien Priest. I mean, they've they've really balls that up. The Damien Priest stuff, flinging tomatoes, not that. What have they done? That guy was a cool guy. No, he's a guy flinging tomatoes and cutting about with Bad Bunny. <laughs> uh, and John wants to put over Cameron Grimes and Ted DiBiase segment only NXT. Sandy wants to put all the new WWE documentaries like Ms. 24 and Hidden Treasures. It's phenomenal, he says. And he wants to bury the Nia Jax slipping all the time part. Just fucking bin it. He's like, Sandy's like, Vince, see that Nia Jax slipping about nice fucking rap at now. <laughs> That's a Sandy in the meeting, in the creative meeting with Vince. Here, Vince. Fucking rap, man. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to put all the Stone Cold documentary. Uh, nobody will be ever be that over and get that reaction ever again. I mean, the reactions that Stone Cold used to get when that glass smashed. Oh, Grado. Oh, my God, man. You need, The documentary is really good. What I liked about it was, it's the first time I've ever saw Austin get a bit emotional, man. He was kind of red about the eyes when he was talking about how he had to retire, how he had his last match. And I was like, oh, man, I've never really thought that he that really got to him. Like, as you just see him as a guy, ah, I'm jacking it in. But he got quite, he, he was very quite... Uh, Sensitive talking about it. Sometimes you you think you have an idealized image of wrestling in your head, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes when I think about wrestling at its best, here's what it is. There's people brawling in the ring and it's loud as fuck, right? There's people brawling in the ring and the crowd are going, ah, and they're jumping about already, right? They're jumping about already and they're looking up the ramp. Some of them are looking up the ramp because they're anticipating the glass break and stone cold comes down and the fucking roof comes off man and he's in stunner 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 and you do think to yourself will it ever be that good again come on mate <laughs> sorry put you in a downer and Willie wants to put her Alistair Black's new snooker player gimmick that's what it is right the son of Dennis Taylor because he had big glasses on and he wants to bury Raw I swear the show gets shiter every time I watch it which isn't often these days listen Raw is shite, absolute shite. That is a terrible, terrible three years, I tell you. Let me tell you something. 
That is the worst three hours of fucking telly <laughs> you could ever imagine. These people, right? The fucking name thrown in tomatoes, right? And we keep going back to this, right? But these grown men, right? One of these grown men I've seen in a fucking sex tape, by the way, right? These grown men throwing tomatoes, right? At grown other grown men in a fucking wrestling ring in front of a load of screens of people sitting in their rooms being told to wave their arms about. It's the fucking worst telly you could possibly imagine. And this is the kind of thing that's going to change once British wrestling is unionised. <laughs> I don't know uh, if that's and 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 a thing that's going to happen. God, I'm watching this tomato shit then, huh? It's fucking wow. terrible, isn't it, mate? Wow. Oh man, it's uh, I don't like saying this, but it's, it's bad telly. Let's move it's on. just like they're rolling about the flare selling <laughs> fucking selling the tomatoes, man. Me and Jess are getting worse when we fucking wrestled at Can Hill Park, man. We're getting what we're getting sconed in the heat with apples, man. Here is Rab's <laughs> rule. Here's Rab's rule number one, right? You know your career is in a bad place when you're selling the tomatoes. <laughs> That's Rab's rule of wrestling number one. You know your career is in a bad place when you're selling the tomatoes. It's just, it's... It's time now for the... Sorry. It, it left me and them red-faced. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> well, I'm glad you took a look at it, Grado, and decided to catch up with. <laughs> Get with up. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> the pun ends back. <laughs> now, it's the part of the show where we invite you, the listeners, to do a run in. This week, however, we have a special guest. Last week, The Undertaker and Ric Flair's 1992 Royal Rumble win were mentioned in the House of Parliament. And it was all to do with a report put together by MP Mark Fletcher, Conservative MP Mark Fletcher of the Conservatives, who is calling for more support and more regulation for British wrestling. We thought it might be interesting to get him on wrestling daft for a chat. It's our first ever Conservative MP guest. Mark Fletcher, welcome to the show. Hello, I was desperately scrambling to come off mute there. There we go. There he's he even got a commentator's microphone on. Well, you see a commentator's microphone, but I still call it a Madonna microphone. That's Is that I'm probably more Madonna than I am a commentator, in fairness. <laughs> right, so Mark Fletcher, why don't you introduce yourself and let us know? Because normally when we have guests on this show, they're either wrestlers or they're kind of guys that just like work for Amazon and all that and just kind of cut about however you sir are in the House of Parliament. Why don't you tell us what your, what your, what your deal is? Well, um, I'm Mark Fletcher. I'm the Member of Parliament for Bolsover, but uh, I am also um, the co-chairman of the all-party parliamentary group uh, for wrestling. Um, and as you will all know, we released a report relatively recently, but I'm also a very passionate wrestling fan um, and, and have been since being you know, a small kid. Uh, so this is a, a lovely opportunity to sort of marry my, one of my passions with the work that I do on a day-to-day -day basis. Just a wee question, Mark, before we start here, right, obviously you got up and uh, you had out with a bit of wrestling chat in there uh, last week. And I was just wondering, you know, sometimes every wrestling fan, I think, understands this feeling you get sometimes when you talk about wrestling in front of people who don't watch wrestling. And you always have that wee party inside that's like, oh, I feel like a 14-year-old boy here. 
talking about the wrestling. Did did I was just wondering when I saw that, I thought, I wonder if I wonder if Mark Fletcher is feeling that just now, just a wee bit within him, just a wee bit kind of, oh, here I am out myself as a wrestling fan. Did you have a wee bit of that? Absolutely, absolutely. And I, you, you kind of got to go all in, right? Um, you can't be a sort of uh, a halfway house. You, you've got to go all out and say, I love this. You can't be a bit of, oh, I saw it a bit and I'm just sort of interested. I'm, I'm a wrestling fan. I'm not ashamed of that. Like, it's it, it sort of... You know, it, it's something that I, I loved, but I was aware that a lot of colleagues were were sort of going to look at me and think, "Oh, really?" Uh, and so I decided, <laughs> I, if you're going to go in, do it, do it, go the whole way. And because I, I know, because you're sitting there, and I'm watching, I'm going, and MPs just mentioned New Japan and the houses of Parliament. That's blew my mind. And then, did you plan to like mention? New Japan and stuff like that, because it felt like you, you, you cut a promo. You, you just started going, shooting for the hip. I watched New Japan. I get DVDs. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I, I uh, in my sort of when you when you get elected for the first time, you get all sorts of random letters um, from uh, uh, foreign sort of dignitaries. And so the Japanese uh, ambassador wrote to me and sort of said, congratulations on your new role. And as he wrote to everyone else who'd just been elected. And I wrote back saying... By the way, I'm a huge fan of New Japan Pro Wrestling, <laughs> and my my husband's massively into Japanese games and loves Final Fantasy. And I, I never got a response back. I'm not. Sure. <laughs> hey, speaking of Japanese games in New Japan, let me show you this. Hold on. That's brilliant. <laughs> that, that, that's that's brilliant. What you got, Rab? I just ordered this uh, New Japan wrestling game for my N64 just this week for eBay. <laughs> nice, nice. There we go. That's a wee, that's the two worlds crossed together there. So, I that's that. So, tell us what tell us what it is. What exactly is it you're aiming to do? Because we do need some changes here in the UK. Yeah. Well. Yeah, as I see it, uh, the wrestling industry uh, has been very good despite itself uh, in the UK. And I think that it's uh, over the last year, sort of two things really shone a light on the fact that the industry wasn't in a good place. One was COVID. Um, and if you look at the way in which... Um, uh, a, a lot of industries have been lobbying for additional support or lobbying for a change in regulations or lobbying to get a pilot so that they can have fans back in, in, in attendance. And wrestling had none of that. It had no seat at the table. It had no voice. You know, be, like tweeting isn't a voice. If you want mm. to sort of get into sort of get the government to change something or, or get um, Sports England to give more funding or whatever it is, you need to be able to have a unified voice for an industry and and dcms we we met with the department for culture media and sport and said you know what about wrestling and they went well who do we speak to like you know we we could we could have 40 promoters in tomorrow for a round table but you just know that the other 40 promoters who aren't invited would discredit the meeting and say you know that's not what we wanted oh, and on the other hand um you had the you know the awful allegations around sort of speaking out and the the way in which that sort of played out and I think it really shone a light on sort of abuses of, of power but it, it also what it really did was highlight an industry that operates largely outside of the law um, right. outside of regulations and, and it, it, it is a culturally very difficult industry and I think the two things go hand in hand so one is 
governance and one is culture and you know the all sorts of byproducts come from that but ultimately what i want to try and do is help wrestling to professionalize to get a seat at the table and to try and come together and say guys if we want this to be uh in existence in 30 years time if we don't want to get left behind we've got to work together and you know i have no stake in it i have no financial stake in in wrestling all i all i have is is my passion for it and my fanhood um and i just happen to have two letters after my name that allow me to sort of speak on those passions well you know what you're ba- i respect you for this by the way and you're bang on about wrestling needing governance because it feel you're right it's like any right now anybody can open up a school and say that they've got experience in wrestling they can put on a show they can put on wrestlers at 14 15 years old that have maybe been training for a couple of weeks it's just no right and also you said about the the speaking out allegations and i get really frustrated last year because i i contacted my local my local mp and i and i told her i told her i wrote her a, a big letter about how we need to do something about to try and put rules in place to governize it and she basically told me to go to the police <laughs> and which was quite frustrating so to hear a couple of months down the line that you've actually took this on and you're actually fighting for it, I've got to respect you for that, mate. Then great, but great is also, it's that thing, it's understandable, I think, sometimes when you contact, when you contact maybe a politician who isn't a wrestling fan and isn't aware of the scene, it's quite understandable that they have that reaction, I think, because it's, the, right. it's the problem that wrestling has always had, has, it's always been this thing where it's, it's not a sport and it's not the arts, really, and it's, but as I mean, as far as I'm concerned, that is the arts. It should be, you know what I mean? That's where it, that's where it should be positioned and where it, where it should sit. But I mean, that was definitely the speaking out thing was, was definitely a, a, you know, a big, a big milestone in that, um, in that kind of understanding. I think people were starting to come to that, you know, this, this is kind of, this is kind of a mess and, and there's too much of a spotlight on it now for it to be this much of a mess to be as amateur as it is, because there were some companies in the UK who had become very prominent, very successful, but still had a kind of amateur streak running through them. Well, uh, within the last sort of two minutes, you've mentioned, four, you know, four or five things that we we, we tried to cover in our report from, you know, so anyone can set up a, a wrestling promotion. You know, the the rings that people operate in, the, there's no required standard. The training to be able to step in and perform in a show, there's no required standard. The way in which those coaches... There's no required standard for, you know, that you don't even have to have been a wrestler yourself to be able to, to coach wrestling or to sort of, um, you know, be any good at it. Um, and you can be talking, you are talking about sort of 15, 16 year olds in some cases. You're also talking about people who are, um, you know, they, they could be could be easily led astray. I'm not saying they always are. Um, but then you speak about the sort of the sports and the, the arts. Um, and this is the fundamental problem, right? Is that the wrestling ultimately started originally as a sport as a, a physical exercise and actual fighting is quite boring uh, and so it became sort of slightly fake for for sustainable reasons and then more and more fake but actually in sort of my world in the political world something has to be one or the other because yeah. who you go and speak to and who you um, relate to in, in 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 sort of industry terms, it matters. Is it the Arts Council? Is it Sports England? And so we we looked at this and we said, actually, we think, you know, training schools 
are probably a sporting undertaking because of the way in which you you have a um, a coaching pathway, you have um, minors involved, you have largely a physical undertaking more than anything else. We think that fits more nicely under the sort of a sporting envelope. But then the, any wrestling show that you go to is a performance. It is yeah. a, a brilliant performance. And the fact that people think it might be sporting is in fact part of the performance and shows they're very good at it. <laughs> but it is a, you know, it is a wonderful performance. But um, as, a, as a sort of starting point to not have it, cla- you know, classified correctly is a really difficult thing. And we, when we started the sort of the inquiry that we did, we thought, oh, this will take a few months and and we'll we'll get some good recommendations. And actually the more we, the, every rock we picked up, we found another issue and it was yeah. another set of things that we had to talk through. Um, and they all stem from weird governance, weird history and weird culture. And, and, what, and what, is the, what is the end game here as an independent governing body that, oversees everything or i mean what 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 do you see as as the end goal of this i think that that would be a huge step forward i also think it's not for me to say um you know i think that the wrestling industry itself that's a question for every promoter that you speak to for every wrestler that you speak to for every fan that you speak to i'm just one fan um i am very happy to play a role in trying to bring together an independent governing body which i think the industry would hugely benefit from and actually in the long run i think it would pay uh pay back to the industry tenfold um but it's it's not for me to sort of determine where wrestling goes from now on i think that's for everyone involved in wrestling to have that conversation mark how do you feel about a wrestling union i think the there are huge advantages to doing that you know i think if you look at the way in which some of the talent that are involved in wrestling, they talk about their experiences. They talk about not being paid correctly. They talk about operating in unsafe work environments, not everywhere. You know, one of, one of the difficulties in, in, in my job is sometimes I focus on the negatives and there are brilliant things that, that wrestling does not only entertain, but raising money for charity and things like that. And I, I try and flag up that I, I love it. And I think it has loads of positives, but you know, there are, there are serious cases for better um, representation for those who work in the wrestling industry. And we, we spoke to equity. It was one of the very first uh, sort of conversations that we had. And, you know, this, this has international ramifications as well, because, you know, the independent contractor status has been an ongoing conversation for yeah. some time. But, you know, for me, there, there is an argument for uh, more protection and more representation for those who work in the wrestling industry. Because it does get sticky, right? It does get sticky because let's say, I mean, I think I think a wrestling union would be an amazing idea. And I think it would be amazing if 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 that was one of the things that Britain did was, you know, we're going to unionize and all wrestlers are going to be in a union and there's going to because particularly with the speaking out thing, I remember thinking to myself, see if there was a union that these people could have they could have went, <laughs> I want to go to the union about this tomorrow. See if there was that, even that. Would be, would, would be a massive change. And I remember thinking that would be a huge positive. When you think of the reality of a union right now, as things are in the UK, there are so many workers in the UK who are signed to the, the WWE. Uh, and if a British wrestling union came in, you know, you might end up seeing a situation where like, well, if you join that union, you're released. You're gone That's for the WWE. Nice. You know, and so it starts to get really tricky, which leads us into another thing as well. I think one of the things when we talk about you know, when we talk about pr- protecting British wrestling and we talk about better standards and practices uh, and we talk about, 
you know, protecting it going forward for the next 10, 20, 30 years as an industry within the UK. I think one, an issue that has to crop up here as well, an issue that has to be looked at here as well, is the WWE's influence upon the UK scene. Because what we have definitely seen, I would say, over the past few years, is the WWE making quite an aggressive move. And, and this is the strange thing, because it looks like, well, this is a lovely thing. Or our or friends are signed to the WWE. That's great. It's their dream. It's always been their dream. It's the dream they've pursued and stuff like that. But there's also an argument there that the WWE have done what they've always aggressively done, and that is reached into other territories to kind of monopolize the talent now. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sort of familiar with the the origins of, of um, the WWE as we recognize it now, and the WWF, and the the sort of the work that um, that Vince McMahon did in 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 sort of acquiring territories, or indeed just sort of bulldozing others out. I, I'm sort of familiar with all of that history, and I think, yeah, in the UK, the the WWE brings a lot of benefits right so it, it offers you know a lot of people put to us it's a career pathway now all of a sudden you can go from glasgow through to uh orlando through to wherever they're doing raw that week and there is a a clear pathway to do that and and that's great because we've got really talented people and um they deserve that pathway but we also they also have the performance center in enfield and they have the relationships with various promotions in in the uk and i think on some things i think the wwe and, and what i would like to see happen in wrestling are aligned um so things around minimum standards at shows making sure there's a medic at a show which should be you know sort of a pretty standard mm -hmm. thing um making sure that people are operating in unfit rings I, I think we are aligned on those i think there are some areas that, you, that you've just alluded to where there are more difficult conversations that need to happen around how you protect workers and how there is um a freedom to perform in different areas and you know i i i would say i'm a, i'm a big fan of of AEW generally but i also really like the way in which they're working with with other partners in the US and the way in which they've they've um treated their talent and given them sort of more uh, freedom than perhaps uh, the WWE would offer and i think there is a certain argument of you know WWE is tended to perform best historically when it's had good competition. Um, and, and I mean that in a sort of business practice sense as well as in front of the uh, the cameras. So, you know, the, the important thing and the, the best thing that could happen is that we can have those conversations directly with the WWE and that we can be, they are a major stakeholder any which way we look at the future of British wrestling. Right. Um, and if they are involved in the conversation, whether it's good or bad, um, I think that is the most important part Part of that of this process and my big ask to them mark are you just do you just want to get to meet triple h <laughs> i'm afraid he doesn't make my top 10 wrestlers that i'm well, desperate to meet but i certainly wouldn't turn it down mark you're coming on here i love the way you speak and i'm confident that this can be successful and i'd love to be part of any organization any kind of um I don't know. I'd, I would just like to be involved in this, obviously, because it is protecting my futures. But I've I've got two uh, kind of really really important questions that I, w I really wanted to ask you. One was, um, have you got a favourite Gredo match? And <laughs> my second question is, have you been up uh, Boris Johnson's new flat? <laughs> I'm going to firmly say the answer is no to both, in the hopes of avoiding any controversy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, mate, that's brilliant. I can't believe I've I've managed to get a, a, an MP saying no, I've always wanted to do that. That's brilliant. <laughs> Right, here's here's a question for you. Obviously, um, in Bolsover, before you, there was the beast of Bolsover himself, 
uh, Dennis Skinner, legendary MP. Why have you not got a, a crack nickname like the Beast of Balls over? I mean, you, you're <laughs> a wrestling fan. Surely you should have something like that. In fairness, Dennis did do this job for 49 years and I've done it for 16 months. So g- give me some time and I might get a, acquire a nickname. You need to establish your gimmick. You need to establish your gimmick <laughs> first before you can... Before you can pro, is there, is there other wrestling fans in the Houses of Parliament? Is there anybody you talk wrestling with? There are. Uh, so Alex Davis Jones is my my co chairman, um, who's the Labour MP for Pontypridd, uh, and she's, she like great my matches. Uh, I'm not speaking for Alex on that one. Um, No, is the short answer. Um, But the, you know, there's Paul Bristow, who's who's been in a wrestling ring, who's the MP for Peterborough. But I have to say, one of the most interesting things about this process is how many closeted wrestling fans there are, how many people who won't quite wear their their colours in public. Uh, So I've got two MPs who've sworn me to secrecy, uh, but have sent me photos of themselves with wrestlers. And uh, the number of uh, people who, uh, including you know, sort of doorkeepers in, in the House of Commons, who were all absolutely in love with the adjournment debate because they are big wrestling fans but just haven't admitted it. So, yeah, they're, they're, they are everywhere. And every time we had an interview with um, on the, the day we released the report, the producer would sort of whisper quietly, oh, I've, I've slipped some John Cena music in there. It's great. Uh, and it, was, it was just ridiculous. So how how do we how do we get the fans out there, the wrestling fans out there, energized about this? I mean, this is the thing because you really need. I would imagine with something like that, there's a lot of wrestling fans in the UK. There's a lot of wrestling fans in the UK. How 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 do they get involved in a constructive way in what you're trying to do here? Well, I think the first thing to do is to, is to read the report, and I, I it's a, it is a long report that we put out. It was a sort of a hundred and three pages or something. But you know, I I think to be well grounded in in what has happened and to to understand the issues that um, face the future of the industry, I think the first thing to do is make sure you know whether you agree with everything, every recommendation. I think. Mean, the factual stuff is the most important bit. I think the second thing, if you if you want to get involved, is drop us an email. You know, it's the the APPG's um, contact details are readily available. But the third thing is, you know, sort of, are you are you asking the right questions? Are you sort of thinking when you go to a show? Is this legit? Are these guys being? Are they treating their talent well? Are they putting safeguarding measures in place? You know, wrestling is is one of the few industries where it's really accessible between fans and uh, performers Um, and actually having those conversations and turning around to people and saying are you being looked after properly are you getting paid um, the minimum wage or the national living wage or whatever it is are you actually getting paid for the amount of time you're spending at a show I do you feel safe doing what you do and supporting the wrestling industry is going to be massively important because over the next, you know, we've, we've lost however many months to COVID where you couldn't have shows, but alongside getting it back to what it was before, we also need it to be better and we need to ask for more for our talent and for everyone involved in wrestling. Cause it is a brilliant industry and it can be brilliant. We just, we've let ourselves down in a few areas. Right. One more thing, Mark. Um, I don't, we didn't want to get too political on this no. or anything, but, 
Being a part of the Conservative Party, do you feel like you're in the biggest heel faction in the UK? Does it feel? Does it have that vibe? <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it does sometimes feel that way, in fairness. <laughs> um, but, you know, uh, one thing I would say is Twitter is not the real world. You're on Twitter, you know? No, I'm not. Um, right. But that's, and I think that, that that is a positive thing. Sort of uh, most of the anger that people think that, they express at politicians now is a sort of 140 character thing whereas actually when you speak to most people we're, we're not such a heel faction or at least we're a cool heel faction sort of bully club <laughs> stuff well listen man it's been a pleasure to talk to you and it's great i think that you're doing this stuff and it's great to hear you talking yeah. about you know even things like you think that a union is a good idea and stuff because you know you're a wrestling fan and i think the one thing that we all share is that we have a love for these guys, with the exception of Grado, maybe. A love for these guys that and, and girls out there who did this really, really difficult form of entertainment um, and really dangerous form of entertainment. And, you know, they really deserve the best protection that they can get. So we appreciate that, Mark. And thanks for coming on. Thanks for chatting. Not at all. Thank you very much for having me. And, and do keep asking the difficult conversa- uh, difficult questions and having those conversations because we will get better as an industry if we don't forget about it, if we keep asking. Cheers, man. Thanks Cheers, so much. Thank you Have a nice much. night. Bye. I know. Bye. Now, if you want to be on the run-in, best bet is to sign up to our Patreon as our World Heavyweight Champs get first dibs, IC Champs get second, Cruiserweight Champions get third. Get in patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. So you can get involved as well. You don't need to be a conservative politician. To get on it, you can just be anybody you like. John, for balance, we'll need to get a Labour person on now. Oh, so we do. And then we need to get an SNP, and then we need to get a Lib Dem. Because we actually... We a Lib Dem, man. It's actually a <laughs> today what we've done. So we need to get we need to get a wee bit of balance on here. So I'm not having people think this is a Conservative Well, if, you, if there's an MP... I mean, right. it's, it's starting to look like we're a bit right-wing, right? Let, let me tell you why, right? Let me tell you why it looks like we're, we're maybe Tories, right? We've had a Conservative MPO in chatting here, right? Yeah. We've had Trump supporting Jericho in our first episode, and also we've got Rangers fan Grado as one of the presenters. So that's like <laughs> that's the that's the trifecta. So we need to get we need to well, get. We can get that boy. We can get that boy. Uh, what do you call him, Kenneth Gibson? That was in the Parliament trying to get like a prayer, trying to get my rights to like a prayer. That could that would even hurt. Aye, or we could get Jerry Adams on next week. <laughs> what about Willie Rennie? He's maybe a wrestling fan. Willie Rennie. Mm. That's the way he's a wrestling fan, man. Oh, that's true. Who, who's the most likely MP to be a wrestling fan? Boris Johnson. Boris Johnson's. Probably. I can imagine him. No, do you know imagine, imagine going all like about the old wrestling? Now? Here's basically. Why don't here, John? Here, just for a laugh, right? Right. Now that we've had uh, Mark on, right? Why don't right. you email Ten Downing Street and see if Boris Johnson will come on to talk about it? Right. I could do that. Or I can maybe start with a bit of low-hanging fruit. Maybe let's Mate, go straight to the top. You kidding me on? Right, well, do, do you know what you don't build up? Like... Uh, listen, I'm emailing Vince McMahon tonight and telling him that the UK plans to unionise British wrestling. I'm fucking emailing Vince McMahon about that tonight. Why don't you get why don't you get some of the audience that are probably, you know, and if you were to compare it to wrestling? That would be doing the old shoot interviews news and having their own podcast. You look John Major. Shoot interviews, John Major coming on. You know I mean, John Major's. We, John, we have got a massive exclusive on this show. Right. You think about it. No. We have got a massive exclusive, which is that there is within government an appetite to unionise British wrestling. There is. That it's is an enormous exclusive. exclusive. Now, you'd be very careful with how you use that information, mate. Sit on it. Don't go fucking tweeting out. Let's think about it. We need to think about it for a couple of days. How do we use that information? There is an appetite within the UK government to unionise British wrestling at Triple H, at 
WWE <laughs> Stephanie McMahon. <laughs> think about it. Fucking think about that. Right, okay. So, why not get Patrick Harvey on to talk about Triple H then, no? Fucking Patrick Harvey, man. I don't know who that is. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. You just made the list! It's time for the list of wrestling daft. Take a subject, make an informed opinion about said subject, put them in order, you've got a list. And that's what we do. It's a list of wrestling daft. You can vote for what you want us to talk about at patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. This week, it was the best high flyers against the hardest men in wrestling. And of course, with 71% of the vote, the hardest people in wrestling won it. Uh, so here's my list. Number three. It's uh, all British wrestler Sabotage. All right, I'll sab. He's at number he, three. I contacted him last week. We'll Very hard week. guy. At number two. It's the man oh, himself. So, so, all right, so Conscience. SWA. Legend Conscience is at number two, hardest man in wrestling at number one. Of course, it has to be Magic. NWK, NWA UK Hammerlock. Uh, legend. Uh, magic. This is a ridiculous uh, question you've put up here. By the way, let me tell you something. I'm going to go off on a wee tangent here. Talking about the old SWA days. I love Magic, by the way. What a sweet guy he was, man. He was lovely. What a lovely guy that he's guy was. And he and he went in there. I know, he's still alive, still out there. He converts arcade cabinets and all that kind of stuff. But he um he was a smart, intelligent guy who wasn't he the biggest guy, but went out he there. He got bigger. Oh aye, he go he did. He, he bulked up and he went down there. Uh, pulled off great matches, man. Just had a great attitude about him. Had a was was a good promo, it was great interacting with the crowd. Great interacting with the fucking audience, man. It was a good heel for SWA. Uh, I just wanted to put it out there, man. Sabotage as well, by the way, for, in terms of character. You know, sometimes you, you'll get guys, they obviously had a bit of a taker gimmick, right? Aye. But you'd get that all over the place. But Sab was brilliant at it. Perfect at it. Perfect at it. He looked like a wrestler. Oh, but he listen. Genu- he genuinely looked um, scary. Mate, like Mate, sometimes you've got to remember that sometimes... Sabotage was in the ring, right? It's this big giant fucking guy, man, that looked like, oh, he could square up to the Undertaker, this guy. And then five minutes later, Gredo came in. <laughs> like fucking 15. 15 year old. Like my first single as much as a sub. 15 year old guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny when you think about it now. Isn't it? Okay, Isn't it funny when you think about it now? Big Sabotage with his big, like, pleather trousers on, not a big fucking giant guy, man. Looked about. I don't know what age he would have been, but it looked as if he was like in his 40s, uh, right? Big old dude, grizzled veteran guy. Mm-hmm. Hey, we Grado come in. Yay! <laughs> Up there. Five minutes apart. Beautiful, beautiful thing, wrestling. Uh, no, this is a ridiculous list. I can't believe John suggested this list because how can you possibly possibly know? How can a fan possibly know who the hardest people in wrestling is? Exactly. That's how can a fan know this? Point. How can I, a person who what knew? I could go... Oh, well, obviously, number one has to be Meng. 
Meng is oh, oh. how did I fucking know? I know. I know everybody says that Meng was a hard man, right? But we, everybody could be working. Everybody. Well, you know why I mean? don't well, why don't here's a suggestion goes through the listeners' suggestions and Gredo because Gredo of what or of herds about these guys and how hard they are. I know the, the majority the probably the same way as everybody else finds it on like show interviews. But in terms of like, I've always say like, I remember the first time I was in a dressing room with Eddie Kingston, and I thought, and I was literally mega intimidated. Like I thought. I don't want. To, I don't want to be in the same room as this guy. I'm so scared of this guy for his promo work and mm-hmm. just he's just his swagger and, and also because his character is so believable as well. But mate, bang on the money when that exactly character when, that. when Eddie Kingston tells you, "I've been on the streets. I've done this." No, right? You fucking you don't doubt it. Yeah. You don't go. That's a guy. That's a guy working a gimmick here. Then he hate me saying this, but he was a bit of a sweetheart. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> well, but you you know that's that's you know there's the thing. That's, you know what I mean? Whereas, however, I stand by that. I'd be fearing you, Jack, man. Yes. <laughs> Fear on you, Jack. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I see when I watch the stuff about we are Kenton, I remember I was I was booked to wrestle Nick Gage in AIW. And I fucking do you know what see when I think about it now? I'm maybe glad enough. <laughs> you know I mean, like I, I was gutted to pull out it, but I'd be scared of that boy. He's a scary, scary boy. But I mean, you know, you know Kurt Angle as well, right? And there's always been these stories like Kurt Angle can handle anybody. You know what I mean? I, I mean, but being would... a, being able to handle anybody doesn't necessarily mean you're the hardest man either. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like there's a different, it's a different thing here. You know what I mean? Because you've got some wrestlers that are oh, they're the best fighter. They could not fuck with anybody. And all the wrestlers will go, they're fucking mental, man. They'll stab you. They'll like you get in an argument with them, and they'll they'll fucking come at you with a crowbar. That's right. Aye. So anyway, let's see what the punters are saying. Stephen says, the hardest man in wrestling, the Iron Sheik. He was a chief bodyguard to the Shah of Iran for several years. But that, that job was, that job was pish easy, man. That was easy, that job, man. I was just eating. All he did was he walked in with a fucking Shah of Iran and then went and just went out of the buffet and ate all the snacks. That was it. <laughs> Vader, says here, had a match in Japan with Stan Hansen. Absolute knocked sweetheart. Again. Knocked his eye out. Who, Vader? <laughs> well, a crab at cunt, but, you know... But there's this story about Vader getting his eye knocked out and Vader popped it back in and continued with the match. No, right. Right, no, I love Vader, right? But I want to say this. People always talk about this. Vader had his eye knocked out, right? We hear what he did. He popped it back in. That's what fucking everybody would do. I know. See if your fucking eye popped out. What are you going to do with it? My fucking eyes out. He's a poly bag for this. You'd fucking, the first thing you would do is try and push it back in. Yeah. Come on now. Mick says Val Venus. Come on now. Mad Hashid Val Venus. Running a, he's running a weed. He's selling weed now, isn't he? See why he's... He fucking, you could knock a guy out before he get off his couch. No chance. Tomohiro Ishii called the stone... He's called the stone pit bull. No wonder he's getting a neck. Because he's broke it that many times. Aye. Yeah, he keeps getting up. Listen, I, could, I feel like I can handle a guy with a neck. Paddy says Steve Blackman became a bounty hunter after wrestling. Imagine nicking some penny chews and then turning around to see the lethal weapon coming down. <laughs> I love that, man. I love it. Out of pick mix, out of pictures, going, I'll steal a wee extra wee fucking fried egg here. Tap the shoulder. Oh, you. Fucking head cheese stunning there. <laughs> head cheese. Um, 
Jim says, clearly it's Joey Styles because he legitimately, legitimately knocked JBL out. Joey Styles must have sucker punched JBL because there's no way that we geek knocked I'll tell you the time, oh my God, that I was backstage at one of the Conrad podcasts and JBL and Gerald Briscoe hadn't seen each other in so many months or whatever and they started carrying on, right, fighting. And they were rolling about the flare, and it was fucking scary, man. Like, really, really, I was like, now the way you would maybe imagine other guys don't, you know, you folk go like that, oh, your pals, you maybe kick them in the bum and all that. Right. That's what they were doing, people going, what are you fucking doing? Oh, fuck. oh, that rolling about the flare. <laughs> I'm sitting there, man, with Hans Ogle, with a can of beer going, what the fuck are they doing? <laughs> <laughs> You're rolling about the flare, man, putting holes on one there. <laughs> Beautiful how just as normal as any musical art, and I was sitting there with Hornswoggle, and I went, you know what I mean? Like if somebody never knew anything about wrestling, they were listening to you telling that story, and I was just sitting there with Hornswoggle. <laughs> what you fucking say? Who the fuck is Hornswoggle? Oh, don't. That's the story I want to hear. What's the... right? Total fa- falafel says Terry Dory Funk or Harley Race. Harley Race looks like a tough guy. Aye, man, he would have been. We Stewie says, honestly, the first two people that come to mind is Haku and Walter. Listen, let me tell you something. Nobody, one, nobody called Walter as a tough guy. <laughs> See, if you're a tough guy and your name's Walter, first thing you fucking do is change your name. Not like <laughs> that. I'm not, I'm not cutting about with that name. Unless having that name makes you a tough guy. Well, how many Walters out there. You're right, but you're bang on. Like, I, never, ever, I know it's a big name in America, but I always think Jesse's, a, you know what I mean? Jesse Goddard's Jesse. Tamatonga as well. Since he's Haku's adoptive son. He is a, and I'm no joking, one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet in your life. Could argue Nick Gage, though, says we should. The guy's insane. Insane? That's a big claim. That's quite That's quite harsh. Uh, Gredo, you'll know this. Is Nick Gage insane? Well, mate, I, I've, as I said, I was meant to is wrestle. Is he clinically I've insane? also way on backstage and <laughs> it's intimidating. And you know that way, like I'm an arsehole with stuff like that. I'm always like, meet Nick Cage, he's got to like me. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I've got to make him laugh or whatever. No, that way. Like, what are you doing, and he's just going, is this guy a fucking gimmick or what? Is this guy a fucking gimmick? Obviously, I, I, I get a redneck hankering about it now. What, in f- what while you were there? Aye. Uh, is this guy for fucking real? Is this guy a fucking gimmick? What the fuck? I don't know if you're, I don't know if you're fucking ribbing me or what. Who is this guy? Because I don't think he had done it like, did he? <laughs> <laughs> You think Nick Gage is going, I'm going to be in the, the changing room with Grado tonight, I'll have a wee Google and I'll see, oh, what's this? Mm. What is that? Um, test drive. What is that? This is fucking good. This is good. you got a different track on this week. That's crack. I, I don't like him, but I prefer Crofty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pablo Zolto Horror says, Haku. Stuart says, I've heard Fit Finlay and William Regal can take care of themselves. Of course they can. Of course they can. Regal, Regal has that thing now where he's like, you know, the elder statesman. Of British wrestling, you know, looking after all the young team on Regal could knock your head off, man. In two seconds, Regal would unscrew every listener out there, right? All these pencil neck listeners that are out there, right? Regal would just screw their head off, man. Like he was ta- like he was taking the tap off a boat iron brew. He'd fucking drink you. He'd drink you dry, Regal. <laughs> Jason says the hardest man in wrestling, other than obviously Lesnar. I think Lesnar's a big sweetheart. I've got a feeling Lesnar's a big sweetheart. I, so. I don't. In his prime, I reckon Kane could leather anybody. One of the best athletic big guys. Listen, there's not have you seen Kane? Have you seen Kane getting emotional or not and all red eyes like that? Are you kidding me on? <laughs> yeah. Are you kidding me on? 
Uh, Batista seems like he could scrap for days, says Jason. Grew up in the streets and worked the doors for years. Kurt Angle is a legit gold medalist wrestler, but I bet he's ticklish. Is he ticklish, Grado? He's ticklish. <laughs> Ian says Brock Lesnar. He wasn't a UFC World Heavyweight Champion for nothing. I know, man. Sean says, surely it's Vince. Find me another man that can look scary. <laughs> they can look scary as fuck sitting down in a ring, screaming at two six-foot blokes built like brick shit houses and then walk back with two torn quads. <laughs> Or Triple H for even daring to go near Stephanie. Know <laughs> 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 what I mean? Hey, <laughs> uh, nah, that is a good one, mate. Chill, sure. But Gredo, who's who do you think is the hardest, toughest guy oh, you've ever worked with? I don't know, mate. Listen, on the British scene, don't be giving it. All right, on the don't be giving scene. it. Well, I think uh, I think when, they when I was at TNA, it's got to be uh, Lucas Tales. Pop something in my head right away. When they mess with Roy Knight. When they mess, when they mess with, with, with Zebra Kid, when they mess with Mossy, no, no. But hey, but listen, I mean Mossy is a fucking sweetheart. Mm-hmm. Mossy is a lovely. Mossy is always beautiful. We fucking wound me up this weekend, man. Great. What about Jester? Jester strikes me being a type. Jester's no feet for Hard as fuck. Is he hard as fuck? I've never. Do you know what? I've never seen Jester fight, but he's no feet for MD. He's a lovely you know, guy, but... That way you can be in situations like we've maybe been out in a pub and somebody will kind of come up to us and I'll kind of be like, I may bother, whatever. But he'll go, look, mate! <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, oh, shut up. Adrian was like that and all. Lineheart was like that and all. Always fucking... Excuse me! Please! Leave! You know what I mean? He just wasn't, wasn't he feet for folk? No right. matter the size of him. Well, no, like, kind of well, jealous of that. this is the thing. Lineheart... <laughs> Adrian had a, a da vibe about him, didn't he, as well? Oh, I- <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Mega man. Adrian had because Adrian was fucking younger than me, obviously. You know what I mean? But I can remember, I remember Adrian had that kind of like, he'll look after us. You know what I mean? I used to think, <laughs> aye, aye, you're right. Don't you worry about it. Fucking Adrian's here. He's look, he'll look after. He'll look after that situation. Don't worry about him. That was nice. Uh, aye, so Grado in the Scottish scene, anybody? Is there anybody that's really you think is really hard, but you think wouldn't he? Um, like we wouldn't expect. I wouldn't mess with Shamer. <laughs> no. I wouldn't mess with Shamer. Fucking, fuck. His nickname was fucking Sizzles, do you know what I mean? Again, a lovely guy. But I bet Shamer. We uh, need to listen. Let's put Shamer where are we, but right? Because he might hear this, right? So let's like, Shamer could fucking bar everybody, can he? Aye. I think Shamer, I think Shamer. Shamer? I think Shamer's the hardest guy in Paisley, right? So, that, that makes you the hardest guy in Scotland, right? And it is, Paisley is the biggest town, isn't it? So they're always there, is that? And also, people in Paisley can handle themselves. Aye. People don't in mess Paisley. with scissors. You don't mess with scissors, mate. You don't fucking run with scissors. That's what they say, isn't it? That's what they Aye. say. Yeah! <laughs> That's a cut. Now, we've just added loads more content at patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. Two bonus episodes are up there. Grado's WrestleMania memories, Nora. I'm surprised you can remember any WrestleManias. <laughs> Grado. We will have more soon. And the best way to get involved is to sign up to one of your tiers at patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. Loads of extra content up there already. Mere to come. We'll keep it coming. If you fancy that, becoming one of our Patreons, sign up now at patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft, as we'd love to welcome you to the roster. And my beautiful wife has just brought me a glass of cognac. So here's to you. Everyone. Cheers. Thank you, Jen. Thank you. Oh, that's beautiful, man. 
That's, that's why you should pop the question, mate. That's married life. Beautiful. Uh, it's no, listen, that's no married life, Grey. That no work, John? Rab, Rab lives in a lovely world where he's uh, handed cognacs and all that sort of stuff. That's no reality of marriage. I'll tell you. He's in the honeymoon period. See when you've been right. married for 14 years like myself. <laughs> fuck that. You're getting fuck all. Where you're like, <laughs> about. Well, we, we, she's just watching. Well, we just funny. found out that John's wife doesn't listen to wrestling. Dark. <laughs> Quite clear now. <laughs> it's time for another wrestling daft road story. But before we do it, we should shout out to Kyle who got in touch after last week's love story. He said that the road story was an absolute emotional roller coaster last week. Rab, Rab absolutely nailed the radio acting, and poor Matthew Shelley's heartbreak was marks. One thing everybody can agree on. We, one thing everybody can agree with is that Mike was the heel. I don't know if that's true. Hashtag UPro2, hashtag Road Stories, hashtag Wrestling Daft. No, <laughs> no. in this segment, we pretend to be wrestlers on the way back for a show as we act out one of your stories. We stress these are your stories or no yours, right? We don't want cancelled for these, right? So, Gredo, let's get this car started, shall let's we? Let's go. I'm going to have, you're driving the night, so I'm going to have a wee, uh, I've got my wee hip flask here, I'm going to have a wee cognac. Pardon me, I'll take the I'll take the wheel. Oh. Well, listen, I'm glad I brought my N64 backstage tonight. That was good. It was a good wee night playing a wee bit of Brave Spirits, wasn't it? On the right. N64, man. A wee bit of Jushin Liger. You're not really into the computer games, man, you know. Well, I downloaded one of the things off internet. The kids on you've got a Nintendo in your house. You don't actually don't you don't actually have it physically in your house, you don't know. An emulator. An emulator, man. Man, that's not the same. Is it not? Nah, it's not the same, man. Uh, you can't have a raised a Catholic, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> Again, just to reiterate, this isn't a... Uh, <laughs> this isn't a Gredo's story, obviously. And, uh, you were raised a Catholic, man. Aye, aye mate. Well, same good man. on you, mate. So was I. So was I. I'm not going to take the time that... Uh, I hope you're going to say primary three here or something. No, nah, but... Well... I can't, I can't think it was. It wasn't before I've been Premier Free, to be because it was um, it was not long before, not long before my sister um, was to get married, and my granny told me that I should probably go to confession before the wedding. Oh, aye, aye. So I could get communion and all that chance. So it'd be qu- quite a while actually before I had um, done confession. So I blagged my wife through it. Right? All the way up until the priest asked me to say a prayer called the Act of Contrition. Well, my mind went blank. I desperately, Rab, I'm telling you, I was desperately trying to remember how it went, so I just started saying what I thought it was. So I'm saying this whole prayer, the oh, priest staring at me in the eye, and I wasn't even sure if it was the right prayer. <laughs> so, after I finished blabbing this prayer out, I looked up, hopefully. And I says, uh, was that the right prayer, Father? Yes, that was the right one. So Rabbi raised his horn in front of my head. I was buzzing, right? I got the prayer right, and I've not made an arse of myself. Um, so I proceeded to make an arse of myself. So the priest raises his horn to bless me and absolve me of my sins. It's quite a formal affair, you know that. But for some reason, I thought he was trying to high-five me for getting the prayer right, so I gave him a big bro handshake, thinking this priest was cool as fuck. <laughs> he just looked at me. I realised my error in judgement, and I awkwardly released his hand and left. 
And that story comes from Lawrence Simon. Oh, yeah, Simone. 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 I would imagine it's Simon or Simone. Simone. That's me reckon a thing, man. Simone. That's beautiful, isn't it? That's beautiful. Uh, if you have a wrestling daft road story, it doesn't have to be anything to do with wrestling, just a funny story about... That was nice. <laughs> it was. A bit of bounce with the priest, you know? That High was... five and the priest, no, I don't care. There was no... Do you know what I mean? There was no dirtiness. It was nice. That was nice, wasn't it? Was oh nice my god! It's nice now. It's getting too nice now. No, it's not too nice, John. It's nice. Drop us a DM on Twitter, Wrestling After, on the Facebook page. Just let us know your stories. We want to tell your stories. Well, that's well, it for that's us. Folks. Well, that's it <laughs> for Wrestling Daft. Uh, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple or get us in wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, no, Gredo, what, what's coming up for you this week? Well, we need to choose a listener of the week, by the way. Oh, we really do, don't we? Um, I would say listener of the week this week goes to... Uh... You liked Paddy with the, the, the Penny Sweeties and the Steve Blackman. Aye, man. Do you still send them the, the virtual belt? Have you jacked that, John? I've jacked that. <laughs> I should really start doing that again. They used to get the virtual belt when I had time to do sort of shit like that. But uh, do you know what? I'll bring back the virtual belt. So, Paddy, you tweet us a picture of yourself looking good. I'll put the virtual belt on you and you can use it as your avatar. There you go, folks. Fantastic. What have you got, what have you got coming up, Grado? What's uh, happening this week? Selling a dog on Saturday. Oh, yeah. Fat Man Sunday. Well, it's my fearless puppies, isn't it? I'm kind of involved in this one. Uh, blah, 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 blah. What else am I doing? Hee-haw, damn all, rabbit yourself, son. Well, I've just got a wee bit of... Uh, a wee bit of work I've got to get done in fact I was just starting it the, the new I hope you guys don't mind it's just a wee bit of promotional work I'm, I'm sure um, you know we're all friends on that show I'm sure you don't mind this uh, I want to tell we, everybody out there uh, about you know it's been a hard time where wrestling rings have been shuttled to the fans <laughs> and we've not been able to see it live and it's been very difficult right however I want to tell you about something that is upcoming you now that things are opening back up it is time for return of the ring uh, Pro Championship Wrestling Return of the Ring is coming uh, later this year Pro 2 is looking at the end of this year to run our first show Return of the Ring where we have an 8 man tournament to crown that first ever champion lots of heavy hitters involved folks Looks sounds like you're getting there event Jason Hyde Bobby Roberts Stone Malone Krieger TJ Rage Dean Almark Krieger sorry Tyson Taylor Adam Shame is going to be there Adam Shame and we can re- reveal this exclusively on Wrestling Daft. Adam Shame is Pro 2. Uh, and so I want to just tell you, Pro 2 Championship Wrestling, I am, I'm very happy to announce to all of you that I am the new commissioner of Pro 2 Wrestling. Pro 2 Championship Wrestling, I will be in attendance at Return of the Ring as, as commissioner, and I will make sure the new funny business goes down. It's time to get back in the ring, folks. Gredo, will you be in attendance? Uh, <laughs> I'm better. I'm better. Listen to that. Uh, we'll find out next week. Find out next week. Uh, Gredo, up the road now. It's just so here you up the road. Audio Frontier. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
Chumba. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply.